Hello, I'm Associate Pastor Jonathan Lucia. Today's scripture comes from John chapter 6, verses 28 through 35. And they, that is the crowd, said to Jesus, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is God's word to us today. Amen. Hello, Stonebridge. I'm Pastor John, one of the pastors here at Stonebridge Community Church. And we have two weeks left in our sermon series entitled, Two Words That Change Everything. We've been looking at these I am statements in the Gospel of John. And we've been looking at these statements to understand characteristics of God, understand different character traits of God, so that we can recognize when God is at work in our lives more clearly. That's really why we've been looking at these statements, to understand the character of God so we can be reflective of how God is working in our lives. So today we are looking at the statement, I am the bread of life. And I invite you as we turn to the scriptures to join with me in prayer. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, as we look at your scriptures, I ask that you would open up our eyes. Help us to understand what it means that you are the bread of life. Help us to trust in your sustenance, in your nourishment. Help us to trust in your provision. And through our reflection on this scripture, deepen our faith in you, Lord. We thank you. We praise you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may remember early in this pandemic, there was a point in time when all sports was paused. The basketball season, the NBA, as it was going, it stopped abruptly. Baseball was delayed and sports stopped. Now, I'm an avid sports fan. I watch a lot of sports. I love sports. All of a sudden, when the sports stopped, I had a lot of free time on my hands. And I realized I probably need a new hobby. Surprisingly, the hobby that I really picked up, I did not expect to pick up. Early in this pandemic, I began to bake. I had never baked before, but I realized early in the pandemic, it was really simple. I wanted to eat more pie, so I thought I'll learn how to bake pies. I did learn how to bake pies. And as it turned out, I love baking. Baking has become a really fun hobby for me, particularly baking pies. But I've been branching out now into baking other things. What's funny about this was as this happened, I didn't realize that I was actually part of a national trend. I saw one meme that said, one thing I didn't see coming was that when we took sports away, 
every man would become a baker. Apparently there were all sorts of new bakers when this pandemic started and baking bread became a big topic of conversation. And what I found in the last few weeks is I've actually become part of that conversation as well. I've been looking into bread, looking into baking bread and, and what it takes. And I've become fascinated by bread. See, bread is more than just food. Bread is a symbol. It's a symbol for life. It's a symbol for sustenance, for nourishment. Bread is something that ties all human beings together. Nearly every culture, if not every culture, has some sort of mix of flour, wheat, barley, water put together that makes bread. Bread carries us through the day. It gives us what we need, and it's delicious when baked correctly. There's something about bread that ties us together as humans and that keeps us alive and helps us know that we are alive. And all the different variations of bread, it's, it's actually fascinating. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, one of the main things he's helping us to understand is that he is the one who sustains our life. He's the one who provides for us in our life. But, like everything else Jesus says with these I am statements, there's so much more to it than just that. That is the big picture statement here. But there's more to it than just that. When Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he has just provided for 5,000 people bread. They were all hungry. They didn't have the food they needed for that day. Jesus provided bread for them. By just taking a loaf, some small loaves, he passes it out, and there's enough for everybody to eat who's there. 5,000 people. And you would think that people would be awed and amazed by that, and I'm sure they were, but in the story that we're reading, people come up to Jesus after he's done that, and they want more. They want more. They ask Jesus, what sign are you going to do for us? What they say is Moses provided bread for our ancestors in the desert, so what are you going to do for us now? They want more of Jesus. They want more of a sign. They want more bread. They want more. Now, wanting more is actually a pretty natural reaction. I don't want to say that wanting more is always bad. It's not. When there's a good thing in your life, you want more of it. I love my wife. I love my son. I want more time with them. Time is limited in our human lives, and I want to spend as much with them as I can. I love my friends, and I've been missing my time with them in this pandemic. I want more time with them. I want to be able to interact with them more. When there's a good meal, you want more of it. For instance, my favorite meal is gumbo. I love cooking it. I love fixing it. I love more than anything eating it. And Emily will tell you, my wife Emily, I will keep eating gumbo until the, past the point that I am full because I love it that much. It's okay to want more of something good. But where we do have to be careful is when wanting something more, when it blinds us to what God is doing for us now. You see, these people who come up to Jesus, they say, Moses gave us bread in the wilderness. Sorry, Moses gave our ancestors bread in the wilderness. 
what are you going to do for us now? They come to Jesus with that. And right away, Jesus begins to correct them. And I think Jesus' correction is helpful for us so that we don't fall into this trap of letting the desire for more blind us to what we have in our lives now. First thing Jesus does is he changes the tense of the verb that they use. It's subtle, but if you notice it, they say Moses gave. Jesus says gives. Because the truth is that what God provides for us, what God gives for us, it's not just rooted in the past. Just because God gave us something in the past doesn't mean God's provision stopped. Oftentimes, we can look at the things in the past that we have, and we can start to think that if what we have now doesn't look like the past, then it's not sufficient, that we need more. But what Jesus does in changing the tense of that verb is he helps them remind them, and he helps remind us. God never stops giving for us. God never stops providing for us. Just because it may look different than what God has provided in the past doesn't mean God stopped giving us what we need. So Jesus makes that change and that correction, and it's so important. But then Jesus corrects another thing. They say Moses gave. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Moses didn't give you that. God gave you that. God provided that bread for you. He corrects their understanding on who it was that provided for them, that gave them the bread. So often, I think we as Christians lose sight of the truth that every good gift we have comes from God. Though it may come through other sources and other intermediaries, ultimately it comes from God. God is the one who gives us whatever it is we have that's good in our lives. I love my wife and my son, and they are gifts from God. I love fixing a big pot of gumbo and eating it. And God is the one who gave me the resources and the ability to do that. Though I get the, got the recipe from another person, God's the one who gave that person creativity, who gave that person a knowledge to pass on. I mean, ultimately, every gift we have, it comes from God. God is the one who bakes those pies ultimately who gave me the resources and knowledge for that these gifts they come from God so that is so important for us to understand that the way God gives to us it may look different it may come through different sources but ultimately it is God's gift and God never stops providing for us that's where Jesus corrects them and Jesus deepens their perspective so that their desire for wanting more, he redirects it back to him and helps them understand. God may have provided bread in the wilderness, but now God is providing bread through Jesus. What they need for their day-to-day -day lives, but more importantly, what they need for eternal life is there in Jesus. But there's an even deeper layer to what Jesus is saying here when he says, I am the bread of life. The people Jesus is speaking to, they are Jewish. Obviously, they're Jewish because they talk about Moses giving their ancestors bread. But as Jewish believers in the God of the Bible, when they heard bread of life, they likely would have thought of the law. Now, we as Protestants, we think of God's law, or we are taught to think of God's law, as almost a curse, as a negative but for people in Jesus' day who are Jewish believers and for Jesus himself, 
That's just not the way they would have thought about the law. For them, the law was a gift from God. The law was something that gave them daily instruction on how to live life. The law was talked about as the bread of life, as the bread from God. You can see this in the Old Testament. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, they would have thought about all of the actual bread around them. They would have thought about the ways that it sustains them and nourishes them and gives them life, but they also would have thought about the law of God and the way it daily nourishes them, sustain them, and let them know God's will for them. So they ask Jesus in this dialogue, when he says, I'm the bread of life, just before, they say, what is the work of God? And Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. As the law, as the embodiment of the law, Jesus is the bread of life. He's now our daily sustenance. He's now our daily nourishment. When we want to know God's will, we look to Jesus's example. And in that way, just like bread, we are nourished, we are sustained by following Jesus's example. Our faith is deepened. So when Jesus says, I am the bread of life, he's helping us to understand these important truths. He's helping us to understand that life is found there in Jesus' person, in who he is and what he tells us, in his words and his commands, life is found there. He's helping us to understand that God's provision, God giving us things, it never stopped. It always continued. God gives He's helping us to understand that whatever gifts we receive from other people, ultimately, if it's a good gift, it comes from God. And God is the one who provided it for us. And God is continually providing for us. And Jesus is helping us to understand that he's not just talking about this life. As the bread of life, he prepares us for eternal life, for life in the age to come. That really following his example having faith in him and trusting that the way he tells us to live life is the best way to live life, fulfilling the work of God that he talks about in this passage, that that prepares us for eternal life when Jesus will return, when resurrection will happen and the world is restored. All of that is at play here when Jesus says, I am the bread of life. But what does that actually mean for our day-to-day lives? Yes, all of these truths are important and they can change our perspective and they can help us to not fall into the trap of wanting more when we don't actually need more. But what does it mean for our lives? Well, one thing that I think is important when we talk about Jesus as the bread of life, when we talk about God providing for us, we talk about God giving us what we actually need. I think it's important that we also reflect on the practice of giving ourselves. And I mean giving financially, giving of our financial resources. I think it's important that we reflect on how important that is, not for just the people that we give to or the organizations we give to, but for ourselves. Now, yes, I think giving to the church is important. It's a practice that I partake in, It's a practice that I think every Christian should be giving financially to their church. 
it is very important, but it's not just important for what it does for the church. I don't just say that because I want to keep this organization going, though I do. But that's not the reason. Giving is important for what it does to us as the givers. Many people here at Stonebridge are faithful givers, and that's so very appreciated. But I'm sure that you would also attest to how your faith is deepened through the practice of giving. That every month or every week when you go to write that check for your giving, it's a reminder that God has provided for you, that God has given to you already, that you are in a position to pass it along to somebody else. And your faith is deepened. Your trust that Jesus really does provide is deepened. Because there you are passing it along to somebody else. So giving, it's so important. And I understand that many of you, I'm sure, aren't giving to Stonebridge. And I want to say that that is okay. You might be waiting to see if you actually like my sermons. You might be waiting to see if this is a congregation that you want to really connect with and commit to. And I hope you do decide that you want to commit to this congregation and be part of this mission of reaching the lost, making disciples, and sending them out to, to reach more of the lost. I, I hope so, but if you haven't decided yet to give to Stonebridge, give somewhere else. Find a nonprofit that you want to give to. Find somebody that you trust who will use your money well that you want to give to. Just start practicing giving because it will deepen your faith. You'll have a deeper understanding of what being a disciple means. It will remind you every single day that Jesus is the bread of life and that through Jesus, God provides for you. Through the practice of giving, that's how we put our trust that Jesus is the bread of life into action. That's how we make a signal to the world that we really do believe God provides what we need for us. So we can be generous. We can give to others. We can support other people. We can contribute to the mission of the church through giving. Because God provides for us through the bread of life, Jesus. That generous life, I think it's one that prepares us for eternal life. And it's one that reflects the character of God who always provides for us. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. In so doing, he reminds us that in the way God provided bread in the desert, God provides for us now. And in the way Jesus provided for those 5,000 people, God provides for us now. What we need to get through the day, Jesus will provide. May God deepen our faith. May God help us to follow Jesus' example. And may God give us the faith to believe in the one he has sent, to believe in the bread of life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. This we know, this we know.
in his hand.